Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. We've got a great episode today. Today, for the first time, we have a poet. That's right. We're expanding, people. We're expanding. Uh, the poet is Lawrence Dumuk. He's a real cool guy from San Jose. And, uh, yeah, and we're lucky enough for him to perform uh, two poems for us. So it's going to be a good episode. I really had a good talk with him. Definitely. Uh, friendly reminder, you can contact me for any reason at jmspodcasts at gmail.com. Please feel free to email me of any local artist you'd like to be uh, on the podcast. I guess I, I would like to take a request. Also, follow JMS Podcasts on Facebook. Just search JMS Podcasts and like the page. Uh, you get a lot of good stuff. Uh, pictures of guests and some extra uh material to check out you're listening to this either on soundcloud itunes or stitcher subscribe if you haven't yet you know just press the subscribe button right there boom because that's how i know how many listeners are really in all right and i need to know i need some feedback people feedback let me know if i'm fucking up or let me know the show's working out for you okay either one i would love to hear about it so yeah, it was a bit crazy, crazy week, crazy week. Uh, but the highlight of the week had to have been on Thursday. Thursday, uh, I organized a film festival. I'm vice president of the San Jose State Film Society, and one of my tasks was to make sure you know the film festival comes along. And man, it was quite a show. We had great films from local students from the university, and man, it blew me away. Some of these films are like on par. With some ton-notch stuff. I was really impressed. Overall, it was a good show. I mean, it was a special show for me. Because it's my last one, really. I'm stepping down as vice president. And kind of moving on to different things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the people I've met, they're great. They're great. They're very supportive. Very talented. And, oh my god, I just got to give a big shout-out to the San Jose State Film Production Society. For doing such a great job. Um, yeah, and the show was great. I mean, oh my god, it was stressful at first, but then people start showing up, and it was a lot of fun. The only real fuck up, though, was the first, I mean, not the first, but I emailed three judges. Two showed up. The last guy did not show up. And this guy didn't even send me an email, not even a phone call, so fuck you. I'm not going to say his name, but I will say that he's affiliated with the San Jose International Short Film Festival and fuck you, alright? Fuck you. You fucked it up for me. But it's okay. Because we found a third person to judge. But man, I'm gonna send this guy a nasty email. I'll tell you that. It's just unprofessional. It's like if you tell somebody you can't make it, you gotta let them know. You know, it's it's a common courtesy, isn't it? Is it just me? It can't be just me. It's common courtesy. Especially when it's like film events and so on. I mean, who knows? Maybe he just didn't take it seriously. Maybe he didn't, you know. Maybe he's like, oh, it's a student film festival. Who gives a fuck? Well, you know, still, it's like, don't be an asshole. Let me know ahead of time. You won't be able to make it. Who knows? We had an emergency. Who? I don't know. But I send you fucking emails way before. But other than that, the whole night was great for the most part. The awards, everything was great. Oh, my God. To add on top of everything else, I had a friend. She came in from L.A. Uh, she came in only for a little bit to say goodbye. 
And I think for me, it was such that was the hardest part of the the night is saying goodbye to a good old friend of mine. She finished her school, she finished film school in LA, and now she's going back to China. And um, don't know, she's um, she and uh, the group of friends we were back in community college, we were pretty close. And when she came back for the last, you know, I only met her for like an hour after the show. And it was almost as if, you know, the time we spent apart when she was in L.A. studying, as if nothing happened. And, and that's how you know, you know, you found a true friend. It's like, you know, although you haven't talked for a couple months or years, once you do talk, it's like, uh, you know, like any other thing. And you're just comfortable. And I'm going to miss her. I truly am. Yeah. And I wish her the best. It's like, man, what a weird night. I had so many highs. I had lows. But it's like good lows. It's lows where it's like, you know, they're sad that someone's leaving, but you're happy for them. And her mom, I met her mom. And her mom, you know, from China, she came here from China. And uh, she said that um, if I don't find a girlfriend, that I'll go to China with them. And her mom will choose a wife for me. So at least I have that option. Right. And I was like, oh, who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll take her up on that. Maybe I'll get tired of the dating scene here and I'll just go to China and, I don't know, get myself a, a bride. Although, I don't know how that would work, really. But anyway, other than that, it was a great night. I got two film festivals under my belt. And it's been a pleasure making those film festivals. And a big inspiration. Anyway, so let's move on to the episode. Uh, Lawrence Dumuk, Real awesome guy. Let's check him out. JMS Podcast, we have Lawrence Dumuk. Did I say it right? Yeah. Good. Uh, a poet? Yeah. Poet, do you, do you spoken ca- word artist. Who do you prefer, a poet or a spoken word um, artist? All the above. All the above? <laughs> but yeah, we first met during Kitchen Session San Jose. Mm-hmm. And straight off, I liked you because... Uh, Vice versa, man. You did, a, you did a story, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. But even before then, because uh, kitchen, it was my first kitchen session. And for people who don't know what kitchen sessions is, mm-hmm. it is a gathering of like really great poets and, and storytellers and artists from San Jose and beyond, right? I'm waiting for you to do a comedy uh, piece on there. Uh, <laughs> what's that? I'm waiting for you to do a comedy piece on there. I did uh, the, the day we met, I did a comedy, right? You did a story. Oh, but you, you wanted me to go with like, jokes? Yeah. Is that, is that what I'm going to do? I'm waiting for that. I'm You're still waiting. waiting for oh, that. man. I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> But the thing is, we met there, and I remember it was the first time I was there, and there was so much talent, and when, when, when I'm in an environment, I don't know the people, and yeah. even even worse, the people are, like, so talented that I, I'm just, like, I'm reserved and quiet, mm. and i much rather listen, i much rather, you know, be inspired by them, right? Yeah. And you were the first person who really, you know, I mean, everybody there was friendly, yeah. but you were the first person to, like, really, you know, say, hey, how's it going, man? And, yeah. and, and I don't know, it just made me feel better, like, I felt nice, like... Man. Whoa, and straight off the bat, I liked it. Like, yeah, this guy's awesome. And then you're like, "Well, uh, are you doing poetry?" And I'm like, "No, I'm doing stand up." 
And then you're like, oh my god, I love stand-up. And I got super timid. I was like, oh shit, I better not disappoint. I better not disappoint. So I hope I didn't disappoint, did I? No, nah, man. That was a, you did a piece about, um, you did a concert piece. So I guess I'm not sure. I told the story. I, t- story. I, I told the story where I got, pretty funny, I, got, I got cussed out by uh, a pop star, mm-hmm. which did happen in real life. Yeah, and I was, and I was there. But anyway, uh, and then you did your poetry there. Mm-hmm. And it was wow. Like you really, it, it's almost as if you're acting in a bit. Cause you, you did a poem about, uh, as, as a character from the Stephen King, uh, Oh, from, uh, misery. I misery, believe. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just became this character. Yeah. I was like, like in front of my eyes, you just transformed <laughs> and you had it all going. It was my first time doing it. That one. I don't do, I, I don't do that one because obviously sometimes there's, you go to like profanity free places, but also, it's like I don't like usually setting up my pieces, so like I don't like saying, "Oh, I'm gonna do this." I usually just like when I'm doing a set, I just want to read a piece. But this time around, I said, "Like, oh, I'm gonna do some misery." <laughs> no man, that was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, are you born and raised here in the Bay Area? Yeah, um, born in San Francisco, but mostly San Jose. Ever since I was one. What part of San Jose? San Jose, like by the fairgrounds. So oh, like, South yeah. San Jose. Yeah. All right. That's cool, man. And when I got here, I was like, "Whoa, this is part San Jose still." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's right, it is." <laughs> At what age? Were you? I was thinking Santa Clara. What was, age were you here? Me? I was here since I was one. Oh wait, okay. Yeah. I see. And and poem? Have you always been doing poetry? I've been doing poetry since um, middle school. Middle school? Yeah. What inspired? Um, what inspired? Like, I think I was writing a little bit prior to. It. I was like, um writing stories uh, but I wasn't doing too much and then I think it was until a teacher said like oh you should think about writing poetry and I was like okay I will think about it <laughs> and it kind of took off from there um, you start off in the beginning like in the beginning when I started you're always writing about your crushes or something right yeah and then it evolves after that did you have a lot of crushes at the time middle school um yeah of course man it helps it helps being a wallflower and being a poet, I guess. Because you're like, you don't say what you want to say. And then all of a sudden, it comes all these poems. Because right. <laughs> I, So you started writing before. What do you mean by that? Um, but I mean, like, it was just like classroom assignments. I always loved art. So I always loved... I always, like, I remember um, fifth grade winning, like, award to, like, writing, like, the schools, the schools write stories. Mm-hmm. So I won the one for my grade. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Is there an example of one of those stories? It was no, it was just like a story. It was like a children's story about like, um, and it was like kind of cliche, but it had like a handicapped kid that was in a wheelchair, along with um, I think his friend was missing an arm, and then a girl. <laughs> I forgot the story. I had to look it up. But I was just like but Involved in a wheelchair And a guy missing an arm Yeah Wow was, man That's pretty uh... I was just like I had to draw it myself And it was like Really poorly drawn But it was okay And then Where did that story come from though? Whoa I think cause um, I was always empathetic Like when I was reading stories And I was always into like um, The stories were like People are hurt or something And it always gravitated Why do you think that is? That's interesting uh, Um that's where the characters, that's where you feel like people's characters shows a lot when they're hurt. 
Ah, yeah, I see what you're and saying. And all of a sudden, like you know, when you when people are happy, you don't get to see their full character all, all the time. You get to see them at their joy, and you know how everyone looks like in their joy, but everyone has a particular, um, particular energy or particular um, ambiance to them when they're angry, when they're sad, depressed. There's a particular thing that's just them. So yeah, I see. So everybody like responds differently when yeah. it, when times of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and so then you wrote a story about a guy in the wheelchair. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I would have to retrieve it back to remember uh, that one. So yeah, that's funny because that's how I started off too. I, as a kid, I started off storytelling. You mm-hmm. know, like instead of paying attention to a teacher, I'd be like doodling uh, these drawings and, and like I have to make characters. There's something about a captain. I don't know. I, I was a weird kid, and then it wasn't until like later it was. Um, let's see. It was during high school that I got into poetry mm. and for class. Nice man. And I was really into it. And uh, but I, again, I was so shy doing poetry that when I did do it, you know, I do it as passionately as I could. But then I would say it so fast, I wouldn't really enunciate, so nobody would really understood what I was <laughs> to say. But they're like, "Jorge, you look very passionate up there, though." But yeah, and I fell in love with poetry. And, and wow! And you fo- did spoken words, so you you read yeah, in yeah. high school. Yeah, wow. I, I did spoken word, and uh, and that's what's so special about kitchen sessions because there, there's been a period where I'll be on and off doing poetry, and you know sometimes inspiration just comes. Sometimes, sometimes I'm surrounded by poets and I get inspired, and that's yeah. what happened at kitchen sessions in San Jose. It was like I was inspired so many poets. It was like you know what I should go back to my roots, because nice. for me poetry storytelling is the roots. Like I do filmmaking now and I do stand up, but for me it's just another form of poetry. The way yeah. I think of it, you uh-huh. know. Because for me, film is like poetry on screen. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's how I treat it. And the, from that lesson, I learned is like, you know, surround yourself with like people in the field you're interested in. Which is true. Because they will inspire you. They will challenge you. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up, were you always uh, surrounded by poets? Um, actually, not as much. Not for like high school, high sc- for middle school, high school. Um, people kind of knew I wrote, but it was like nothing that I fully blasted out. Um, like, like people knew I'd write, but it's always been a hobby. When you're young, everything's always a hobby. Yeah. And it's not like it's not until like an adult where it becomes your habitual life. <laughs> like I didn't do spoken word until actually, I didn't do spoken word until like after high school, or like senior year in high school. And then um, when I first did it. I didn't have no reference of what spoken word was. Mm-hmm. So my friend gave me an LP of Gil Scott Heron and the Last Poets. And that was my introduction to spoken word through these um, crackling of the vinyl. And then, like, I remember when I first went up, my first experience of doing poetry was in a gym full of people. Ooh. And then I was just like, okay. I'm like, so you want me to do this? I'm like, okay, friend. Let's go ahead and do this. <laughs> and... <laughs> and I read in front of a gym full of people, and I think I rushed to that poem really quick. But everyone was always applauding because you right. obviously hit like keywords or whatever. Uh-huh. It was something. It was like, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. You know, like after that, I'm like, oh, we're supposed to be in the smaller spaces. <laughs> That's where spoken word is. I'm like, it's more intimate when you're in yeah, smaller spaces. Yeah, because yeah. I was just like my first being your first experience in the gym. And then all of a sudden, it was like, is this everything going to be like this? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and what are some of your uh, uh, poet inspirations? 
Um, some of my poet inspiration. Um, I'm always I'm always fond of Pablo Neruda, Langston Hughes, Rumi, um, Al Robles, um, and then but I love a lot of I love a lot of the women essay writers. Mm-hmm. Cause that usually and also like a lot of women writers like bell hooks um can't think off the top of my head right now yeah but, but yeah. i get the point yeah yeah because i think um i always have to in terms of the writing i sometimes like to do especially on paper um i give a lot of credit towards that because like they give a lot of the imagination of how um how to deal with certain emotions and how to deal with it with a certain depth to it like the male writers were doing it but there was something missing as compared to like um some of the um some of the lady writers yeah lady writers yeah female writers yeah because yeah. like i think um being being a guy or being a male sometimes one of the things that um that wasn't really learning how to navigate through is learning how to deal with the broad range of emotions I think of the emotions guys got kind of limited to is like anger or whatever or whatever is really like we don't deal with sadness as much to the depth of it we just say oh it's sad and just leave it alone or put everything as depression and leave it all in one space or just really categorize it as quickly as possible uh-huh. mm-hmm. or as like um like especially some of the more progressive women we're talking about like um there's more to it there's more depth to it there's more there's a un, there needs to be more awareness of what the hurt is, awareness of what uh, the wound looks like, what and how to reimagine and how healing looks like. Yeah, and everything. In other words, there's more to talk about. Yeah. Not to sound sexist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is okay. Well, I mean, like, I well, mean, it needs to be talked about. It's yeah. like, and it's and I think it's like, um, um, like I think that's also why a lot of like when people hear feminism, all of a sudden they think, oh, it's just gonna be. A breaking down of all guys. No, it's a building, building of a better society or building of a better relationships with each other. Right. Some people correlate feminism with targeting. When it's like, it's not about targeting. It's 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 about being aware of certain things that that that's on both male and female. There's pro there's issues, like there's institutions, mm-hmm. and and the point is is to make that change. Yeah, and I think you know, and it's and you do feel targeted. There's a reason why. And there's a reason why it feels targeted, and then it needs to be like, and it's up to someone if they want to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go like, I don't want to change what I got going on, and I'm like, okay, you're part <laughs> of the problem. That's the that's the problem. And see, that's something people don't want to hear, though. People yeah. don't, don't don't want to don't want to hear that they are the problem. You know, <laughs> so you know, it's it's kind of hard to really make. Uh, you really got to think about making that argument with somebody who's like totally the opposite. And I feel like that's one of the challenges, not just femi- feminism, but like other, mm-hmm. other like, you know, uh, stuff. But going back, you mentioned that uh, males, we usually have, you know, certain, we limit ourselves a bit when it comes to our emotions. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel that that's a social construct or do you think that's something that's enveloped in, our, in us naturally? I think what's, what happens is like we have our models and then our models that we look to, how did they deal with it? How did... Like one of my friends, he brought up like he quoted. I can't quote him exactly, but he paraphrase. was talking. Yeah, I can paraphrase. <laughs> he was talking about nah, 
Men don't men don't have emotions. We just uh, mow the lawn down to down to the dirt. We just go fishing. We just do other yeah. these other knickknacks or other um, activities, and we do them. We do them to the like. We're just our hands are bleeding, and we just don't know why we're doing it sometimes. Like we'll just like obsessively do something, and rather than dealing our emotions, we, we vent it out in different yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think I think I'm an emotional guy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's kind of weird. People, you know, if people know me because you know I'm pretty big, and kind of I don't know. I kind of I I, I'm, I could be intimidating, I mm-hmm. guess. But deep inside, dude, I'm I'm mush. I cry when yeah. watching films. I I cry sometimes. I feel like crying. Believe it or not, I yeah. cry when I listen to music and. For a while, I did I did have an issue with it like yeah. before, cause again, cause uh, I feel like we were kind of pressured to be like you know be tough men, especially come from a Latin culture. Yeah, uh, you know the male who's the tough male who works hard is the one who's like seen as the person to be the model that you mm-hmm. mentioned. So for me, I was like, why am I so emotional? Why am I you know does, am, am I more feminine? And and it's so later years I realized that no, it's just who I am, and and it's not that I'm more feminine. It's just a different way how I express my emotions. Well, I think it's also what's important is like not to disown how people did things in the past a little bit. Because I think what happens a little bit is people do things in terms of how you're trying to survive. So if like, let's say um, you can't do what you're most in there and there, because let's say you might get shot or you might get something or you might, your life might be threatened if you're going to do with your emotions. You're learning how to just all of a sudden, maybe habitually, you're learning how to just ignore it and push forward just to get to the next day. And I think um, that's why I don't ever, like, I think growing up was learning how to kind of make peace with that. It's like, okay, that was their way of surviving. Now that when you're put in a situation where you're all of a sudden not threatened, Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to have, I'm gonna say it like sometimes a privilege to examine emotions and feelings all of a sudden. Right. What do you do that? How 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 do you grow? How do all of a sudden? How do you grow without the hurt? How do you grow without being wounded? Yeah. Tell me a bit about you growing up. Let's. See. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have uh, two older brothers. Two older yeah. brothers. Are you the youngest? Yeah. Well, Last chance for mom to have a daughter. <laughs> but it's okay. It's uh, okay. My mom is happy to have three boys. Uh, where's your mo- parents from? Uh, my parents, um, they're from the Philippines. Um, they're first generation over here. Um, yeah. What do they do? Um, my dad, he's a retired cook. My mom, um, she used to work at like some of the tech companies, an assembly line, like National and what's that other company? But yeah, one of those like. So your dad was a cook, man. That's that's pretty nice to have. Right? Well, he was yeah, he was a cook for uh, the military at first, and then after he retired from that, he became a cook at um, the ranch, and then workflow, which doesn't happen no more. Oh, that's yeah, so good. You know, my my dad can't cook for shit. You know, <laughs> he, he, and I was like, like so it's like when my mom's away, it's like oh, he, he, I kind of was like, man, I wish moms were here to make breakfast, but. Dad who cook wrong, but it's cool having a dad that cooks. I, I think everybody should learn how to cook, yeah. honestly. And were there any? Did did they do poetry or were they creative in any way? Um, my mom like she was relatively creative, 
in terms of she always like every time Halloween came around, she used to love making our costumes. Yeah. And then like you know one year, one of the one of her one of her like ultimate jobs was that she was saving all these Minute Maid boxes, and like the cartons. Yeah. And like she would save them, cut them all up, and then like staple them all together to make one big Minute Maid orange juice carton. And so, like one year, I was just, I was just like an, a Minute Maid orange. <laughs> but what kind of suck about that costume was there's all these staples. <laughs> so I was like trying to move, and it was like, oh, it hurts. It's just like, but this is cool. <laughs> so she's definitely crafty. Yeah, she's crafty. Yeah. And you were a Minute Maid. Uh, how old were you in this one? I think I was second grade when did you, she did this one. Yeah. Did you mind it or not? Were you embarrassed by it or were you proud no, of it? I loved it, man. I loved, it? I loved it, but trying to walk around when you like it was cool for school. Yeah. But when when uh, trick or treat came around, like man, this this costume keeps keeps hitting my skin. You know, it's just like it keeps catching my clothes. I'm like, oh, uh. I just wanted to like. Push my arms in and like hide in that car and sometimes it's <laughs> <laughs> a good disguise I suppose uh, yeah it's very costume to mind uh, when I was a kid like for several years I was Batman you uh, usually nice. the same costume over and over because oh, you know I you know, couldn't really afford to keep buying uh, costumes so I would just recycle Costume. Nice man. Did you have like the full gear or is this a face mask? Uh, the full gear. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. At least at least the full gear. I, then I had the fake muscles. I had the the you know. Um, yeah, it was fun. Good times. Yeah, man. At least you didn't have just the mask. The mask is like. <sighs> <laughs> to say way I feel about so way I feel about uh, women who put on these cat ears and like oh that's my costume right like that that's it like come on. It's like all they put on are, are, are you know what I'm talking about the cat yeah. ears yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, all yeah. they got everything else is, is normal like, well, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cat person go okay it's so true though so <laughs> true <laughs> and then uh, having uh, two older brothers mm-hmm. right how was that being the youngest you know um, being youngest was always interesting because I think also like um, I'm always in between cousins meaning like I always didn't have like a set of cousins my age you have a big family, a lot of cousins. Yeah, big family. So either people were um, young, way younger than me, or like really older than me. So like, in between didn't really happen so much, or we weren't so close by that I could just go and kick it with them so as much. Uh-huh. So I always like, I would always like um, be around older folks, or relatively like um, three to four years older than me, and then I'm like, um, that was always my perception of the world. It's just a little bit older sometimes, but I was still I'm still being a kid though. <laughs> Do you feel like even now you make friends with people older than you? Um, nowadays it's all over the place. I think also just because being a poet, being an artist, art tends to be more young. Mm. So like you have a lot of younger folks in the art scene, and sometimes your older friends or the friends that you made earlier. You know, probably having kids or family, so they can't go out as much. So, and all of a sudden, like, okay, but every now and then you have everyone there, and like, so, which is also fun. Now, you mentioned that uh, you've done poetry in your senior year, right? That's where you, you, mm-hmm. you did it, and you continue from there. Mm-hmm. At what point where you're like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. Like, the, I'm going to dedicate actual time to this and hone in skills for this. Because I know, like, when I did poetry, there's some that did it as a hobby. Yeah. Um, well, 
when I graduated from Cal State East Bay, it was with a creative writing, and I was always doing. Was that your major, creative yeah, writing? Yeah, creative writing, um, English creative writing. How was that drive, dude? That stuff. That, I went to that college camp. It's like up the hill. Must have been quite a drive. It sucks. If, it sucks with a four four cylinder cars because you just like when you before you go to that hill, you just rev it up and like, and then it slows. Just eventually slows down and like, okay, just make it over the hill. We're good. We're there. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're going to Cal State East Bay. Yeah. Graduated. Yeah. So, and then, um, which was an interesting drive. But anyway, um, and then you. Like I took also classes at Evergreen, so um, you know transfer from Evergreen to um, Cal State East Bay. But at Evergreen, I was taking creative writing classes. Um, I always love I always love writing. I always love writing on paper. You know that was always fun, and it was always relatively always my go to, you know go to craft. Um, but it wasn't actually until after I graduated from Cal State East Bay because I remember um, spending one year just not writing because writing for class you you're you're you have a deadline and all of a sudden like I'm gonna write towards this deadline oh no I better get this done but also you get critique a lot and you're used to like you're getting so used to just people critiquing your work and you always learn that oh man you know you're not supposed to write for other folks, but then you don't also want to get critiqued like hell when you go to class. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm going to get critiqued like crazy. So I did one year of not writing because I was just like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of just writing. And then I got back into it slowly. You know, I'm like, and you still feel the classroom on you. Like, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this technique or whatever, and then it's this, you're just trying to, and like all of a sudden you just like you kind of like, can I do this again? Can I write again? All of a sudden it feels like it's so fumbling. You're like, this is garbage. <laughs> this is garbage. I'm like, yeah. and you remember, because I think you remember the bookmark of where you were last time and where you were writing, and then like all of a sudden you have that's your. He's like, am I supposed to continue on with that? And but you end up writing this really crappy stuff. But all of a sudden, I think I was doing a couple of persona poems that got me back, that helped me get back into um, short. St- I was kind of cheating because I was like, I'll do both. One, I'm kind of doing short story a little bit because. It's just a it's a persona poem, so you say you were caught cheating? No, just like I'm oh. like I was like trying to do two things at once where I kinda of oh, wanna be a short story. You're multitasking. Yeah, multitasking. Whereas like I wanna I wanna I wanna kinda of write short stories still, but then you know, I'm still stuck in this poetry. So I was like, Oh, let me just do persona poems, which is kinda of like a happy mix of the two. Kinda of keeping that prose life a little bit. What's a persona uh, poem? Persona poem is where you take on a character, such as like you know, oh, okay, like Anne Wilkes from Misery. <laughs> so, so you're writing a poem as of the perspective of a character. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so I was doing like, um, I was doing like a couple of family ones, um, taking on the persona of that, or like, but more like more fictional, so that it wouldn't be so close at home, which allows you to give it, give me that breath. Like okay, I could blame it and say it's fiction. <laughs> right. 
Uh, do, you, do you take acting at any point? I did take some acting when I was at um, San Jose State at one point. Yeah. Whoa, you went to San Jose State? Got kicked out because of grades. What yeah. happened? Like, what, what, what year? I mm-hmm. was like, I was there after high school, so like 1990, 1997 to like 1998. You're a lot younger than I thought you would be. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's a compliment, by yeah. the way. Uh, <laughs> Okay, and you studied creative writing at San Jose State as well? Uh-huh. And then no, you... no, no. At San Jose State, I started as a poli-sci major. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you can make poems related to that, right? Yeah, but then, like, I had that vision of being, like, a politician and a really good one, and it scared me. Why? Because I was like, man, I'm going to be a corrupt dude. <laughs> you just knew it? You saw it coming? I saw it, I was like, I do... I Wait, I think I could do this job, and I could do it really well. I'm going to hate myself later down the line, and it's going to be really crappy. I should change. So there's a point where you're like, you know what? I mean, I'm a great politician, but I just know I, I would take the money. I, I would take the money. I would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would know the game so well, but you get so stuck into the game that all, all of a sudden you're just a part of the thing you were trying to break the whole time. That's really funny. Like you, it's you. You get out of it just to make sure that you don't become a bad person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you got out of because I didn't picture myself being anything other than that. If I was going that route, I was like, if I'm being a politician, it means gonna be like this really good. I'm be a really good lawyer. But it's going to be really questionable on how I get things done. <laughs> in general, lawyers, yeah. you know, it's all questionable. Or, like, or just be a politician and I would get things done. But you wouldn't want to ask me questions of how I got things done. <laughs> so what what motivated you to go to uh, poli-sci at first? Um, I think it was, I felt like the community needed that. Or like I needed to fulfill like a need in the community to have people of color in like uh, the you, office. Are you talking about a specific community, like the Filipino community in San Jose, that or too. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, general? Yeah. yeah, but mostly that yeah, it was the Filipino community, but it was also just like per- people of color. You don't see them. So in general, people yeah. of color. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any experience in, in doing any of that? Like, were um, you involved in any organizations? I was like in FYC Filipino Youth Coalition back in like um, Pinoy Pride. Yeah. <laughs> Back in high school, and uh, that was a good foundation for me, in terms of like um, being involved with the community, uh, which was really nice. So then, okay, so going back to San Jose State, you're there as a poli sci major. Yeah, and then you know, I was not ready coming from high straight from high school to college, and then like, it doesn't help when you have senioritis yeah. like the year before, and then trying to go to college. And I was your typical terrible student. I was going there, added all my classes. I didn't like I registered late or not not on time. So my classes were like four o'clock, or whatever the whatever the times that was just available. Yeah, I was there, and then um, yeah, I was just not into college. And like I wish, I wish I could have took like a year off that time. But it's okay. You, I think I gained like I think I was meant to like get kicked out of there end up in evergreen you know and yeah it and i was like oh, i was supposed to like after a year in evergreen i was like i was supposed to be here i was supposed to learn certain things then yeah. after evergreen you went to cal State, uh east bay mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. And and but in some other states where you took acting. Yeah, I took it like um for once for one semester, and then I did take a diction class, but then it didn't like um. An addiction think I, class? I, like I think it was like you'd like enunciating. It was like an act. It was still part of acting. Okay. Yeah, but you're just like enunciating and like doing all these different activities to like enunciate or I forgot the name of the class particular but I just remember we were, sometimes we we're on the floor trying to pronounce our P's or something like that you were on the floor yeah it was an interesting class. it sounds like an acting class yeah, yeah it was an act it was still part of acting but <laughs> I how forgot. you make you do some weird stuff yeah so, but somehow it benefits you yeah, and it was, I think um um I don't regret that background of like having that under my belt but I think what really helped in terms of like how I perform was mostly just being a choir boy so just being in choirs you were in choirs yeah <laughs> when was that so i was in choir in middle school um for your local church huh for your local church for your church? not for for middle school for middle school okay yeah, yeah. i was competitive like, or was it just you know for a club um i think it was just one of the classes just one to classes take. Choir. Yeah. yeah i even got to be like part of like one of the exclusive ones was like yeah. which which would be like you know a core group of 12 like out of the whole bunch of classes, there'll be twelve that got to go around places a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I took choir in middle school. I don't remember what I did there. I just, <laughs> I, just I just had choir. Yeah, I would go in, hang out. I didn't take it seriously. But you, <laughs> did, did you take it seriously? Um, yeah, I kind of took it seriously a little bit, but like, um, cause music was my first love. I was in love with music before I was in love with like, um, before in love with poetry, you know. Um, what type of music? Yeah, cause it was it was the it was being in a house like one of the things that was like karaoke back in the days where you had to tape cassettes and everything. You didn't have words on the screen, so your karaoke was this booklet, <laughs> and so as a result, you're reading these booklets and they also have the words. And I think um, I was I was admit to that's like one of my foundations of poetry a little bit. It was karaoke? It was karaoke lyrics. Just yeah. reading them off. And I'm like, man, I'm getting these lyrics. Because, like, that's the old... You didn't have words to tell you when to sing it. So you kind of had to feel the song a little bit. And you're like, yeah. all right, I got to get in right here. You know, it's like you're in third, you're in third grade and fourth grade and fifth grade. And you're just, like, trying to, trying to sing these songs on beat. And you're like, oh, yeah. It's amazing what karaoke is now compared to what it was before were just like instrumental track good luck <laughs> <laughs> figure it out <laughs> figure it out <laughs> you know so yeah but yeah that was my first like love with words what type of music do you usually would do it was always the love ballads back in the yeah. days you know that's the one that was always in the house yeah. and so who, who was it from your mom or your dad who was into um, it it was mostly my mom you know, but my dad would be around whistling in the house, singing songs, the wrong lyrics, but it's okay. The wrong lyrics? But he'd be singing yeah. songs. And would he make up lyrics? I think he does. And I'm like, kind of look, sometimes I look at him and I'm like, okay, <laughs> whichever, whatever works for you. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was like, yeah. Um, and then, um, like I still sing, I'm still a choir boy at church. Yeah? You still singing? <laughs> yeah. So. Singing is something new to me right now because right now I'm getting uh, I'm I'm writing songs now wow. because I'm learning the guitar mm-hmm. and I'm not good enough to like do covers 
So I'm just like making these shit of songs and and playing them. Yeah. But singing, it's like it's it's a whole new level. It's it's hard. So you must like you must love Flight of the Concords. Uh, they're yeah, they're they're uh, good. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's comedy and it's like just like. Uh. See, <laughs> that's the thing, man. I'm not really into all that. Like, believe it or not, most of my writing mm-hmm. that's not stand up, it's some depressing shit. I write some stupid, depressing shit. Or I just write normal, like, you know, dramas or whatever. I, and when I try to write, like, a comedy film, I can't do it. I can't. Mm. I don't know what it is. I, I just, you know, I, I hate myself just, like, you know, why, why is this person trying to be funny? What's wrong? Like, I, I, I overanalyze my characters. Oh, okay. It's like, really, you think you're fucking funny? And, and these are people I've built, right? These are people I made up, and I'm arguing with myself about, mm. the, you know, you know, are you... I guess in some way that kind of reflects the way I I, I feel about myself, especially doing stand up, where mm-hmm. you, you you like you're, you're kind of like you're 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 are your own worst critic. Mm-hmm. So you know it's one thing trying to make you know people make think oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Point is you know people you try to convince people that you're funny, and then you try to convince yourself you're funny, and it's sometimes it gets stressful more than people think. Comedy is a beast with my eyes. Yeah. Like um. I think like when I watch, oh, okay. yeah, when I watch like, when I'm watching comedians, and the ones I love are very artistic. They're to me like they're doing to me what I mean by artistic. They're trying to create a new culture and what they're trying to do. It's not just like, oh, let me do something funny. Let me, let me just entertain. It's, it goes beyond entertainment and goes like, here, think about this. <laughs> Simultaneously laugh while think. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how you do that? Like, how these people... And I think, you know... And I think comedy... Like, especially comedians... Like, your only way to gauge it is you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, I can see when comedians are trying. <laughs> and sometimes I'm crying at the same time. Because I'm like, you're trying really hard. <laughs> I'm cheering you on. I'm trying to, hard. You just... I'm like... You, I'm like somewhere you're missing where it made you laugh. This joke somewhere, has, somewhere this joke made you laugh, and you didn't include that in here into the story. Yeah, because right now I'm dying. I'm laughing. I'm, I don't want to laugh at you, <laughs> so I won't laugh. I'll just cry. <laughs> now, now saying all that about comedy, I still get more scared of per, of doing spoken word than comedy. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the scariest things I've ever done is read poetry to a crowd. Because it's, you know, as intimate as comedy is, for me, the poetry is even more. I think the, I can see why. You know. Yeah. Probably because, like, at least in comedy, you either get a laugh or you don't. And you can gauge that. Like, when you read something serious, you're not sure what the reaction is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is a Some people don't know how to react with poetry, which is also, like... How should you react to poetry? Do you think? I don't think I don't think there's a set way. No. I think like um. Then the better question is how should you not react to poetry? I think. I think the best way not to act like yo. I I understand not everything's gonna touch you, but I think it is very demeaning when someone goes up and like yo, what do you say is wrong, and I'm like, and you don't and they don't want to discuss it. There's like no discussion to just tell you. As though they're authority, and this is like, you're wrong, or you, or why did you say that? And questioning, like, why are you even on stage? I'm like, 
Has hasn't that, happened to me. No, it hasn't happened to you. But I've seen like I like I would always like get ready to defend someone. I'm like, yo, you need to quit it, asshole, before you try to check my friend. <laughs> so that happened to your friends. I, I I mean like you could you could sense it. And, like I was at the I'd be nice about it and like yo, let's go over here. Oh, we're done talking with you, and we're, we're gonna go over here. <laughs> Where do you think this comes from? This kind of elitist way of looking at poetry to be like you to to say you should not be doing poetry, like you're just wrong. It's the same way I feel about in general about any arts. It wasn't that word, but it was that tone where they like okay. they didn't understand. Like, um, I think it would also be kind of in the terms of, um, like sometimes you'll have like a guy go up to a lady and go like, "No, you're wrong. Why are you, uh, you're doing, you're saying the same thing over and over." And but you know what? Some people need to say the same story and over and over uh-huh. because the same shit's happening over and over. But nothing has got progressed. Like, no one is changing. The world is still the same. And people think, oh, just because um, a story gets told over and over, what have you done? If you if you hate these stories so much, do something about it. <laughs> Change from these stories from reoccurring, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, but you're um, you're out there. You're, you're, you're singing, doing poetry, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you consider writing a book or anything like that? Um, I thought about it and like the different ones. Like I wouldn't. I still entertain like memoirs, which is always entertaining. Like you ever go to like a writing, like a writing um, retreat or something with different writers? The people in memoirs, they always look like they got their shit together. <laughs> like, but they're also one of them. Like, uh, in terms of financially, they're the ones like pretty much like pretty decent. Yeah. Compared to like the other writers, like poets, we're like everyone wants to be the poets. Yeah. I think poets are the cool kids in the bunch, but we're also the most broke ass folks sometimes in the bunch. <laughs> which is <fun. laughs> yeah, you haven't met comedians. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a set and then ask if you could stay at your couch. Yeah. But but yeah, I think that's true. Uh, so writing's you know writing's a whole different thing too. If yeah. anything, uh, hang out with writers. It's even more exhausting. Like, you know, in comedy, you know, people will critique, other comics will, will critique you. Poem. I feel like the poem community is more supportive. Some I critique with the, yeah. for the it's Depending where you're going at. Like, if you're in more in an academia setting, you're going to get your your critics, which is okay. Now, talk about, do you think poetry and academia mix? Because I have mixed feelings about that. Um, Poetry and academia serves itself. In terms of, like, um... Who like if you want if you want a class a classroom to read your book or whatever or your poetry, you better make it like kind of academia catered a little bit or at least sell it so much that like oh yeah this is the truth. Because <laughs> I ran into a, in, uh, a poet once uh, at a light rail, mm-hmm. and we were talking, and, and he, 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 for some reason I just let him do the talking honestly. But he, he was mad. He was like, yeah, I don't understand why they're having poetry in the classrooms. Poetry does not belong in the classroom. Poetry is everywhere. Poetry, you know, why is it that only in a classroom are people exposed to it when they should be exposed to it on almost daily basis in the streets? And, I, and something about that kind of rings true to me. I don't know what it is. But then again, if it wasn't for the classroom having poetry, I would have never been introduced to it. I don't think, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I got introduced to poetry in a classroom. So it's kind of it's kind of like you know the uh, 
there's no I, there's I no right answer i suppose it's, i it's, think just how think, someone perceives yeah. it and responds to it what do yeah, you think? i think i recently like read something where it's talking about like how when you're introducing poetry not to break it down so much just let them like you gotta give them the good shit you gotta get the good shit from the beginning like you can't you can't introduce them to stuff that you know that you dreaded through you can't give them like milton's paradise lost in the get go and go like i'm done <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta remember why you love poetry yourself and you gotta like give them that stuff and not like i never like when i'm trying to do like workshops or when i'm like teaching a class i never try to um I never try to be authoritative in terms of like, oh, poetry should be this way or poetry. I don't want to be the person to leave that bad taste that makes them hate poetry. I don't want that to be part of my my name. Okay. <laughs> I want at least them to say like, oh, I was exposed to him. I didn't dig it. I'm okay with that. I'm like, all right, fair enough. I tried. <laughs> How long have you been teaching poetry? Um, I've been teaching like workshops probably like the last five years on and off, like different like different either small but i think this year i got to actually teach teach a little bit like in a classroom setting which was nice so how do you even teach poetry you see i don't, I don't know how to do that I'd, I'd be like uh write what you feel and, and say it it depends it depends on like how how many weeks they give you so this like when i'm given i was given like a six week session and so what i just basically did was like all right let me introduce to you a bunch of poets let me do because i also did also a little bit spoken word showed him some spoken word artists and then I just I was just basically exposing him to different things and also was just um I gave one of the things I learned things you like as that you thought you would like as a kid doesn't necessarily translate to kids now liking it but I remember what I also learned is like oh that's right middle like I was working at middle schools at times like oh middle school's middle schools you just want to be a jerk sometimes so sometimes you can give a good curriculum and everything but just just doing you're still dealing with young folks which is which is okay you know young folks you know you're allowed to be kind of jerkish <laughs> are you saying that kids these days are a bit more jerk no because yeah. i think i was the jerk when i was young i'm not gonna so? say I don't, I don't i don't i don't think it's like um but i think in terms of how extreme it could get i think things always gonna like get up one to where we were to where I was I was just like okay that's interesting <laughs> when you were a kid you were a jerk you would say um but I had my tantrums tantrums I was re- yeah. I was relatively a, I think I was relatively a good kid but then that's also my mind so yeah. <laughs> you know in our minds just want the way we want to paint our memory at, at what point do you feel like you changed that you became the person you are now um art did a lot of this yeah. I think poetry did a lot. Um, I think what happened with me is that um, I think like four years ago, yeah, yeah, about four to three years ago, um, I four to three years ago, I almost broke up with poetry because I said like, "Yo, you are getting way too deep," and but we are two different people, you and I, poetry, and then mm-hmm. like. Because I always believe where you go as a person, your art's going to follow. and then Or vice versa, where your poetry goes, you're going to try to follow it. But also, you become, when, you, when, in you, when you've been doing the same craft, your, your craft also becomes a different entity in itself. 
And so in a sense, you are in a relationship. I was like in a relationship with I don't know how old my poetry was at the time. So let's say it's like at least 20 years or something. So this 20-year-old 20 year old entity and then me. I'm like, who are you? And I don't know you. We should break up. We should just stop doing this now and just like keep it clean. Let's just both be happy. I'm no longer, I'll no longer write poems. You will no longer have me to write you and everything. But then... You know, you learn how to date again. I was like, all right, I'll quit focusing on on writing for a product, writing writing to get to a destination, but just writing and just falling in love with it again. Yeah. So, and you mentioned that your first form of poetry was more like you know uh, crushes. Yeah. Well, I think like the first poem I wrote was talking about the summer, oh, and yeah? then like my teacher's assignment was like write about the summer and use as much. Um, Use as much imagery as possible as I started talking about, like, you know, going to the beach. But, like, I forgot what I wrote. I would have, I don't even know where to find that poem, but talking about watermelon, like, in July or something else. And it was, and my teacher's like, yo, you got skills. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay, that's nice. <laughs> Do you feel like your poetry evolved over time? Of course. With their subject matters? matters? I think, um, um, I I become more open to whatever. Like mm-hmm. I I don't mind going back to writing certain subjects, but you always become different people every time. It's like anytime you come back to a subject, you are a different person. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like okay, let's. It's gonna be a different conversation all of a sudden, which is so, so wonderful. I agree. I I think my poetry has evolved too. I think when I first started in poetry, it was mostly about uh, um political stuff really I think I was because back in the day I was big big into like activism mm-hmm. into protests and so on so I would totally you know write about that my poems and I was really inspired by the uh, slam poets like in deaf comedy stuff yeah. but not comedy but you know what I'm saying deaf poetry <laughs> I forgot what it's called mm-hmm. and deaf how, poetry uh, jam deaf poetry jam that's what it's called yeah okay I was really inspired by that so I, I, I would do like you know that, that fast you know edgy stuff you know mm-hmm. And then, you know, I fell in love and I started writing these lovely poems. Then I fell out of love, you know, you know, breakups and so on. So it was like these super depressing poems. Yeah. And then I went through a philo- philosophy phase. So I wrote like these philosophical poems. I don't, I don't know. Like, and I feel like, you know, d- depending on what's happening in my life, I'll write different things. And I think right now I'm at a point where I'm just like, you know, I guess like you're like more open to it. Like now, like I don't, I don't really contain myself in one. Mm, I, I should be. Uh, like I just write what I feel, you know. Some, uh, l- l- different genre here and there. Um, across the board, I still think they're all shitty, uh, but that's just what I think of my work in general. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, man, it's a great mirror. I yeah. mean, like, you know, when you do art, you know, um, you gain perspective. I think about also involve also engaging yourself with other people's art is very important because it gives you more tools on how to engage use your own voice within your own writing you're not just like a lot of some people limit themselves like no nah, I don't want to be influenced I'm like yo how did you get there you got there because you got influenced by someone else why not be influenced by other people's art you know um, I get it you don't want to be jacking someone's style but yo that person that you love probably was inspired by someone else and they're probably like learn how to reinvent a different style as well because of that 
You know, you're right. Uh, I recently I've I've come to that uh, with comedy. Like mm. I, there's some stand-up comedians who are like, I don't really watch stand-up anymore. Mm. It's like, why not? Because you know, you know, you don't want to, you know, subconsciously, you know, steal a joke or like and turn to be hacky. And and but it's like I, said, I look at it and it's like, well, I don't see how that could happen because yeah. now I'm aware of it. Not aware that that joke exists out there. Yeah. If anything, maybe I want I want to make it more, you know, a different route, same subject matter, mm. but just a different route. And I find nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but there's some people out there who are, I guess, so-called purists. I don't know if that's the word for them, uh. who are, who are like, you know, I, I won't watch, be or be in, try to be inspired, and just go my own route. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And then, the, but you only go so far by yourself. Yeah. One's like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you are just repeating yourself. And all of a sudden, you have nothing else to bring into it. Or you're, you're maintaining only this one style. And some people can't do that. They can just do one style and forever not be affected by it. They're like, okay. And people will just love them. Or sometimes I'll be like, eh. And for me, one of the key key things you must have as a poet or as a writer in general is not be comfortable. Don't get comfortable with your That goes with any art. <laughs> yeah, see, and that's what I'm saying. Is like the minute you become comfortable, I feel like you're you're fucked in a artistic level because you won't really do anything new. Or you, I, I feel like you, you become less inspired because you're just too comfortable. I think in life in general, if you get too comfortable, it's like you, you're accepting life as it is. Instead of like, you know what? I need to make a change. I'm, yeah. I'm going to make something towards that change. Yeah. And that's why, you know... And I apply to that in, across the board to everything, whether it's my filmmaking, whether it's my comedy, whether it's my writing, poetry, is is definitely come from a place where it's, I'm uncomfortable. Good man. You know, do you do you feel like you you? I think. Come from um, that? Well, I, I agree with the whole thing. I think it was like Pablo Picasso that says like, um, do something you are scared of or afraid of every day. Face something that you're scared or afraid of every day, and the moment you do that, it's just like subject matter comes off the roof all of a sudden you're like oh you you all of a sudden you just you're gonna find an immense amount of failure which is amazing it is amazing to fail a lot of times and it's like yes and i i don't i'm one of those that like i jock failure like when i'm watching and i see someone fail and i someone i love and i know they're a great artist like yeah you failed (laughs) And I'm like, yes. Yeah. You're so human. I love you. That's why we're homies. No one doesn't have to know about this, but yo, I saw you fail. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think people bond more over failing, like watching each other fail. Yeah. Knowing that we're in this battle together and we're losing it together. We might win together. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But you went through that journey together. There's more yeah. of a bonding experience with friends. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just nice to see. It's just nice to see people. Like, that is one of my whole fantasy. If I could ever time travel, I just want to see people fuck up. <laughs> just to remind, just to, just so that I could remind myself, all right. It is okay. But one also just seem like throw it. Who hasn't <laughs> fucked up? Like, exactly. Who has it? By being in our head, we always picture these people. Like I don't know. We always make them super iconic. Like who? And like, um, any like I would picture like all my artists and like, 
Oh, they wrote a line and it was so profound. That poem didn't require no drafts. I want to see these drafts. <laughs> you know, I want to. I want to see them when they got the draft. And like, yeah. I want to laugh. Yeah. I want to laugh. I want to be invisible when I time travel. By the way, I want to. I want to like laugh. I want to laugh in my invisibleness and go like, "Oh, look at you scratching like crazy. Look at this. Look at your. Look at that one right there. Yeah, I'm glad you crossed that one off." And then I'm, I'm like, "But yeah, or like, uh, I would love to go like watch Frida paint and go like, oh, oh my gosh, I take it back. You're just dope." <laughs> Frida's a big inspiration to you. Oh man, that's a that artist, that artist in terms of what activism can be and what artists, what art, someone that didn't give a fuck a little bit. She really didn't give a fuck, did she? No. I mean, like, what I think she was also put in that situation, mm-hmm. but no one gives you props and love. All you get to do is work on your craft, and I think like, and that's just like okay, when you have nothing to prove, all you have is yourself and your art. How like. I mean, like, from the beginning, you know, like, when she was just doing her art, and, like, oh, people were like, oh, okay. And people were, like, all into, like, you know, the muralist and all these big paintings. Here she is painting these, like, um, to me, it's, like, profound existential self-portraits. And, like, oh. Yeah. It's like, yo, what's, <laughs> why you make people feel shit? Mm. There's something fascinating about that. Yeah, you know, making art to make people feel like shit. But I think like what what sometimes people get caught up like people forget about mm. like that she was like this hardcore activist. People understand like the whole like sexual thing that's cool too and that's like pretty progressive. But she was more she was like she she did like everything was pushing everything. You know, like her art her art did not stop with the canvas. Yeah. Her herself was like the art piece. <laughs> Yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, yeah. And I don't think she was conscious that her stuff was very, you know, activist. I think she did it because yeah. it's what she was feeling at the time. Right. Um, I, I, yeah. Well, even when her art was still taken in, she didn't like who was taking her shit. Like, this wasn't meant for you. This wasn't meant for no bougie-ass shit. It was like, she, she knew her shit was meant for people, man. She knew she knew who her art was for. And she yeah. wanted to, who she really wanted to touch. Yeah. Yeah, I... I yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think she was like in France. She didn't. She didn't take that shit. She's like, mm, mm. Uh, you French people, uh, bourgeois motherfuckers. Had had money, yo. It's okay, <laughs> yo. They give you like, yo. I get it. You want to buy it? All right, cool. I can make more art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna hate. I don't hate. I don't hate when an artist says like, yo, I gotta sell this painting. I gotta do this painting of whatever that they don't like. I'm like, yo, it's okay. You well, yo, you can get paid. Cool. See that's the thing How do you even pay a poet Like how does a poet Even make money with, Through poetry I mean th- I've seen people Do poetry Like in Santa Cruz Where they You pay them like Five bucks or a dollar And they write you A poem right there And then Yeah That was new to me Um But in general Like how do poets Like is it like Stand up where There's gigs And Like Like you know You have people Like Mike McGee you know, Oh yeah Sanders. Yeah One of the so greatest he gets, poets So he here, gets yeah. You know His trips I believe his chips, like, you know, the people, like, you know, give him the plane tickets and everything, at least for that much. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they give him honoraniums and stuff, I would hope. But, I mean, like, artists, poets that kind of know at least would get at least someone to write a grant for you or, or at least they would raise money to get you out there. Or, But on the most part, it's your own hustle, like every other artist. You know, some people, like, 
will have to sell their chapbooks or or books. No. Actually, recently I've been thinking of 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 after reaching a certain amount of poems, we just convert into a book and start mm-hmm. selling them. Go for it. And but you know, see, there's two sides of me. One side's like, no, dude, this shit's too too intimate. And and then the and the other side's like, well, you know, you gotta make money somehow, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's true. I mean, like, and um, I'm also trying not to limit myself, you know, just as a poet sometimes, because I think that's what sometimes. But I think that's always gonna be my bread and that's always gonna be like my soul's bread and butter. Like what my soul wants to do, it's gonna always want to do poetry. It's funny. Uh, the last thing I would, I would describe myself as a poet. That's a, I mean, I do it, but I, I don't say I'm a poet. It's okay. I'm not gonna fight you. Uh, it. No, be, no, be, because because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of of because I think you're a real poet. Yeah, I, I love you're a real poet, but it's like like I think you guys are in such a higher level than me. I don't deserve to have that title as a poet. It's like no, I, I don't. And it's so that's the last thing I tell people I do. For me personally, uh, I don't like. In terms of me, like we're all in different stages, and like poets are like art is always going to be in different stages. I sometimes have to repeat a lot of stages, and like yo, I don't, um, I don't, I'm I try not to make myself too good for any to any to write any type of poem. If I do, it's just because like yo, I would like yo, I don't know how to approach it. Whatever, that's. I'm okay with not knowing how to approach a poem. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, give me some time. But if you're pressuring me, I'm like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> Has ever happened? Has ever happened where you're where you tell someone you're a poet and they're like, oh, really? Write me a poem right now. Because um, in comedy, oh. we get that a lot. Right? Like, oh, you're 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 a comedian. Tell me a joke right now. I'm like, then, oh man. Has I, that ever I, happened I, I, to I, you? I will drill. I'll, no, no, I'm I'm cool. I'm okay with sharing poems. Yeah. But then I'm a, like, I'm a, I'm an artistic bully a little bit. Yeah. In terms of like, if I know you're an artist. And I know you have a certain craft, but you wanted me to share, and I'm like, okay, I'm cool with sharing, but you gonna share too? Because well, I don't, because we're gonna. I'm like, yo, I'm like, why are you holding back? Then I'm gonna get, I'm gonna drill you that way too, so it's okay. Like I'm cool where I'm at, and I'm willing yeah. to share, but like, yo, if you're gonna be shady with your stuff, come on. It's like that's what. Uh, Has anybody ever tried to do that to you? Would ask me a poem? Yeah, I don't mind spitting it, man. Okay. I don't mind, like, but I'm not in that, I don't know. I don't know, like, if you, like, I, I'm not blown up, so, which is okay with me. Like, I don't have, like, a, like, hell of people asking me to, like, oh, thing. But I do have friends that go, like, this is going to be a poem, huh? Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so, that I'm okay with. I love, I love that my friends know I'm a poet. And then, like, they, I don't know if that scares them, but I think they're pretty much good with it. Why, why would that scare them? Yo, man, to be immortalized in words, I see why people are scared. Like, but I haven't, I haven't, I don't write too many shit poems about people. I don't write like I don't talk garbage about folks. Uh-huh. That doesn't has I have I don't have the heart to do that to immortalize you and like demolish the crap out of you. Poem, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I don't. I never had that fuel, and I don't blame other folks who do. Sometimes you need to just like, oh, the dude was a jerk. <laughs> just like. There are some creative poems that way, and I'm just like, oh, just on a creative level. But yo, what just te- well, how terrible was this human that you just tore him a new one? Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Lawrence, we're at the one hour mark, so okay. we usually close down right here. But uh, I feel we close down with a poem. Sure, man. Um, Come prepared. No more or less, but we'll we'll find something real quick. Um, anything in particular that you need? 
Nah, man. It's whatever you feel my listeners need to be exposed to. All right, man. Here we go, then. We'll do, we'll do some Magneto. Uh, we'll do a Persona, because I know I talked about Persona poems. Persona. All right, so who is this Persona? So this is the Persona of uh, Magneto. So, yeah. From X-Men, right? Yeah, man. So, yeah. I'm feared because I'm the future. Watch them cover their children. When they see one of us, they should fear us. Because we are the change that shall happen. My evolution is not their demise. It is the system for which they are a part of that will be the reason for their own downfall. A governing body that has no laws nor any intentions to be inclusive of my kind. You know their solution for my race? Extinction. If they will look at us as mere animals that they think they can wipe off the face of this earth, then let them understand. They have inhabited this earth for too long, and it's only natural that these humans fade into extinction. I will be glad to help the speed of this natural order. Tell me, why should I play nice? These measly humans hated each other before us mutants were an option for them to hate. Don't sell me any of your peace, especially if you do not speak about the injustice done to the ones who are like me, who are labeled different like me. I try to be like one of you. How young and foolish was I. To have a desire to be like you. I pretended. I loved. I was betrayed. In my belief that I could be like you. You all understood I am different. And it is because I don't fit into your mold. Is why you feel you must eliminate me and my race. Looking at us as if we're contagious. As if the mere touch of us would make you become one of us. You wish you could be one of us. Instead, you are normal. Your normalcy is weak. A brittle human race incapable of evolving into something powerful. Into something marvelous. Into someone like me. Understand my potential and I intend on using all of it to change this world into my dream. But I am too tired of living in the nightmare you maliciously forced me and my race to live in to die miserably in. This is no longer your world to dictate. This is our world for the taking as if you had a choice to stop me wow <laughs> did you write it after watching X-Men or um I'm not sure when I wrote that one to be honest uh, I was just doing a bunch of villain series oh you did a series of villains uh, of yeah, I'm poems still, I'm still working on like like yeah I'm still working on different villains what is it about villains that is attracting you to write a, a series of poems for it is it is like like we always assume that this villain is this crazy monster and this crazy creature that was just born that way. 
nah, something had to be like really fucked up or something really terrible had to had happened in order for someone to become a villain. You know, whether it be societal, whether it be personal, whether it be something else. Something, uh, a villain doesn't just pop into thin air, you know. You don't just become a killer out of thin air. You know, it was nurtured. It was, it was very, it was nurtured one way or another. A villain is reacting. It's reactionary. I think what's like what's also like what's so dope about villains, they're very unapologetic. They know they're villains. Yeah. But it also like in terms of like if you were to break down certain things that they're trying to do, what separates like a villain from being a hero? You know? A hero is nothing one that just contains what society does. You know, or just did the maintain all they have to do is maintain order. But what are that or villains are trying to like some villains? I can't speak for all. I know there's also different realms, which is a generalization. Like most villains are trying to go after something that they're very passionate about, you mm. know. And but there's something is like if you study them like deep in their hardcore, their their, their passion is some. What difference it from us being passionate about anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, the fact that some of them value killing and all that. <laughs> Which, you know. Uh, you got time for one more? Or are you okay with one? Uh, we could do another one, man. Yeah. Okay. On the days I feel I'm not enough, I will be my hand into the comb hidden inside my chest, my fingers dripping with honey. I am rich with sweetness. On the days I feel I am not enough, I will peacock into the wrinkles of my mind. Stretch out my feathers, dance with pearlescent plumage. I am full of imagination. On the days I feel I am not enough, I will cocoon myself with kindness. Spin silky threads of tenderness, snug myself against the tenderness of friends. I am deserving of care. On the days I feel I am not enough, I will elephant out my lungs. Shout out the lost memories and pain that just won't seem to leave me. Exhale all of the bullshit and frustration. Inhale this present moment. I am full of life. On the days I feel I am not enough, I will merman my spirit deep into myself. Keep on diving though the world is telling me to surface back up. Keep on swimming towards who I am. Even though every part of me is aching, keep on pushing forth. I and plenty of brave on the days I feel I am not enough I will stare into that mirror look at my face until I am no longer covered in lies I am enough Wow what's the title of that one <laughs> 
Um, on the days I feel like I'm not enough. When did you write that? A um, couple, I would say about two years ago, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I really wish it w- this would be a video podcast because you, you do these 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 intricate hand movements with it. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful to watch as well and listen to. Yeah, I think it's uh well that's one of the things that's uh like one of the reasons I'm also into slam a little bit. Kind of forces you to memorize things a little bit. I could do it without memorizing and just like read off paper, but I also like when I can, I try to memorize things a little bit because it, it allows it gives a little more breath to the poem. Mm. Um, when I'm memorizing things, I always try to memorize with not just the mind, but the whole body. The like I tried to use the whole body in terms of it, the trying to memorize the whole poem into it. Yeah, because um, you could say the same line, but when the line also has a gesture or the thing, it becomes more alive. It's not just limit your your voice travels where it needs to go. Yeah. All right, Lawrence, we're at the end here. Cool. Is there any place people can find your work? Um. Yeah. Not at this point, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not really. No, no. I just think you're going to have to catch open you mics. at an open mic. Yeah. got to catch me at an open mic, man. So, yeah, yeah. what it is. Yeah. All right, Lawrence. Thank you for coming. Good, I appreciate man. you coming. Word.